this episode, I got a chance to hang out with a friend of mine, Jay Veal, of CEO of Inc. Tutoring, and we talked about the future of education, uh, education and technology, changes in education, uh, STEM jobs, best jobs out there for STEM, how to grow a business fast, Jay being in Black Enterprise Magazine, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Y'all are going to enjoy this one. Alrighty, I am here with Jay Veal, of CEO of Inc. Tutoring. Hey, hey Jay, thanks for uh, coming on the show and hanging out. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me, man. Great to be on. So we we met we met around the time when I, you know, first moved down here eight years ago. I I got active with um, Urban League because I was suckered into it by Matt Houston. Um, <laughs> my good old colleague <laughs> intervening on the board somehow he was like hey look we got a spot for economic development chair it's not a lot of time you know just, just come on board I promise it won't take that much time and, and you have a good time and I was like alright cool not a lot of time I can do that because I, I had a newborn and um, <laughs> but he lied it took a lot of time but I, I met a lot of good people <laughs> like, it, it feel like everybody who who was joined the Urban League back in the day with us. Not everybody, but everybody who's doing something now was a part of the Urban League that's that's uh, that's African-American in DFW, it feels like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Quite a few of us, actually. So, yeah, I'm actually going back to, to join um, again and renew my membership, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, so t- tell me, how'd you, so how'd you, um, I mean, I've always, I mean, when I met you, you were, you know, it's obvious, you know why you're in the tutoring business because you're super smart. But talk, how how'd you end up like getting mm-hmm. business? Yeah, so um, my original background um, was in IT and uh, in tech, and so um, I initially uh, had graduated uh, with a degree in information systems with a minor in mathematics. I uh, well, actually, before that, I started out computer engineering, and there was a course that just I couldn't quite grasp, which was intermediate um, programming for C plus plus at the time. I'm at UT Arlington, so I changed my major to um, information systems, and then I actually had a I had an automatic minor in math because of all the engineering courses that I had taken with that with that particular major, and so ended up working in different uh, organizations like Microsoft uh, as a technical account manager. I worked in Baylor Healthcare um, as a network engineer, and I worked in other um, organizations in healthcare IT uh, with SQL Server and databases, and also. Uh, and banking and, you know, other type of uh, industries. And then from that point forward, in 2008, um, I got a chance to, I kept getting all these emails basically at work talking about going into education. And I was like, you know, that wasn't my goal at the time. I wanted to be, my end goal was to be a CIO of a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 100 company. And um, that was what my vision looked like at the time. And I was like, hmm, I keep, kept getting this email, so let me just go ahead and check it out. Maybe God's trying to tell me something. And so I went to the informational meeting about being uh, an educator in the state of Texas, 
and uh, ended up liking it. And by the end of the meeting, I was like, maybe I could try my hand at this and see. You know, I don't, I don't know nothing about teaching, but I do know a whole lot about tutoring people. So <laughs> let me see what happens. And so um, I put took my hands at it. I told my, I had just got a job at the healthcare IT. It was actually a Kiro uh, healthcare back then before I got bought by MedAssets out of, out of Atlanta. And um, from that point forward, I ended up getting my first teaching role at Townview Science Engineering, which is uh, the same school that I graduated from. Me and Matt were both Townview alumni. Um, oh. So I got a chance to, and as actually, you'll actually kind of see, it's funny that even also, in addition to people coming from Urban League that are, that are doing things in Dallas, a lot of those particular people that, that graduate from Townview uh, specifically um, are most of the leaders within DFW too. So it's kind of cool to see all of the alumni doing things. But um, I ended up going to back to that school to teach uh, a series of pre-AP math courses to freshmen. So uh, pre-AP geometry, pre-AP algebra two, and pre-AP pre-cal, I taught all of those courses to freshmen all in one year. So they got three credits of pre-AP math in one year. And then sophomore year, they would take AP calculus as an accelerated mathematics course. And they did well. Um, first year out the gate, uh, students got 100% committed on the star exam um, and did pretty well overall. So after I got done doing that, I ended up going to uh, Cedar Hill Ninth Grade Center to teach Algebra 1, uh, did good there, and then the mi migrated over to uh, Peak Prep High School, the charter school organization. Uh, I started their AP Calculus program um, there and then uh, was kind of a semi-instructional coach, and I got a chance to coach JV and Varsity Girls Basketball, which is a little, a little <laughs> different outside the box. Um, uh, it was kind of tough on, on those girls playing basketball. And then um, after that, um, I went to become a um, Algebra two and Math Models uh, teacher for Duncanville High School. So got done with all that in four and a half years, um, and then I uh, went back into corporate uh, at to Microsoft at the time. I uh, did that for another two and a half years and then decided that, hey, I like IT, but it, it doesn't hit me the same um, as education at this point in my life now. So I decided to go back into ed. Um, so I got hired back in the game by Dallas ISD at Adamson High School as a campus math instructional coach. Uh, so I was coaching 13 math teachers uh, at uh, Adamson High School. Um, ended up bringing them from 65% passing to 92% passing in my time period there in a year uh, on the STAR exam, so that was successful. And then got hired by DeSoto District as their district STEM instructional coach in administration, working with uh, a grant uh, that was geared towards um, STEM and uh, project-based learning and PBLs um, and partnering with the Department of Education in DC to manage that. And then after that, in the course of time, I started ink tutoring uh, in two, well, actually, let me wind this tape a little bit. I also was a, a, a professor at a university, too. I was an adjunct professor of mathematics for Strayer uh, for four and a half years during the course of all this time. So taking all that into consideration, uh, 2013, in the course of me being a math educator uh, and instructional coach, um, I started ink tutoring. Um, it was July of 2013. I started it by myself, one-man show. Uh, started knocking door to door like any uh, grassroots <laughs> story, mm -hmm. right? And um, ended up, uh, you know, telling people not as a sales pitch, but more of an informational pitch saying, hey, my name is Jay Ville. Um, I 
uh, I have a new tutoring company here in the DFW area. You know, we service students from five years old to PhD level in, in STEM subjects, test preps, English, reading, writing, and foreign languages. Um, if you, you know, like my information in my, my brochure, you can, you can let me know. Or if you know anybody that can use it, just pass it on. There was no pressure environment um, after that, doing that for about a whole year over in the southern sector um, and, and also off of the Hillcrest and 635 area in Dallas. Um, things kind of picked up. Uh, people got wind of what I was doing. Um, clients that I had taken up had started spreading the word. Uh, I had my mom, her name is Gloria Bill. She ended up helping me out kind of in my business as uh, you know, a chief operations uh, officer, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of help me out a little bit. And so, man, over a course of time, fast forwarding to now, uh, we grew to uh, currently about 47, 48 um, consultants on the team nationwide now between Dallas, uh, up north in Dallas and Frisco, uh, Washington, D.C., Austin, Chicago, and upstate New York. Uh, we have a team that's about 90% millennial, um, like myself, and um, these these people on the team and these consultants uh, have a combined about 114 degrees <laughs> between all of us. Um, so it's a brilliant team of uh, tutors who have uh, experience in education or as instructional coaches or in engineering, IT. We got some med school students in the house. We got some cybersecurity analysts. We have um, folks that are real estate agents. I mean, we got a lot of experience from different sectors. So that kind of helps us out service serve as mentors to a lot of our students as well. Um, and now we're the top back on tutoring company um, in the Southern region of the United States and in DFW. So that's kind of where it took me. Hey man, that, 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 that is awesome. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot to unpack there. So, so for, first question on that is um, as you, where, where'd you find all the, tutors all over the nation how'd you find 47 people to consult with the company um so originally uh, we kind of had a well my original kind of shot shot with hiring was to really get um smart people on the team right but over time i <laughs> that's not a strategy of best uh, practice um in hiring so we're able to hone that process down and with me hiring uh, individuals who could actually double as um, I have three regional managers, uh, one for North Dallas, one for Southern Dallas, and one for Central East Dallas, who also manage uh, consultants in the different states. And so that being said, we developed a, um, a interview uh, catalog of questions to kind of weed out individuals who are not entrepreneurial based because we wanted, we wanted consultants who were able to kind of like build their own uh, business within the business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So they had to have an entrepreneurial spirit in order to work on our team. And they had other qualification they had to have was be, was know some mathematics as well as baselines. And once they had those two, the other questions that are involved in the interview process uh, are asked. And then once they uh, answer those interview questions, it gets passed on from the regional managers uh, to me and uh, my mom as an executive. And uh, we make basically the final decision uh, if they're hired or not. But at this point now, since we've been doing that for quite a while, I have a really close um, relationship, if you will, with my uh, regional manager. So I kind of let them kind of run with it. And they now have figured out it's kind of smooth, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. So if anybody comes to the organization that wants to be a tutor, 
Um, they actually do the interview processes. They call them, they screen them, they have interviews with them on phone, or if they meet, you know, meet physically, they do that. Uh, they um, are able to kind of, you know, hey, you know, do they know the content? Um, they may be tested a little bit sometimes. And if we have a good feel for them, then they get passed on to me just for a yay or nay. And at that point, they're hired on a team. But, you know, just as quick as they as they get hired, you know, we have a, a another practice just as well as uh, one of my, my favorite entrepreneurs, Gary Vee, would say, you know, you have to get good at firing as well. So um, those individuals who are not um, able to really keep up with the pace of what we are doing and able to uh, well, work well within the organization quickly as a startup type of scene, uh, then those are individuals that we don't necessarily need on the team. Got it. And so, and what is, so what does Inc. Tutoring provide like a, you know, like a, a, a tutor? So, so if they're saying, you know, if, if you're saying, hey, be a part of our organization, you know, what, what are you guys providing the tutors? Um, is it content, materials, your, your system for taking districts from 65% to 90%? All right. So um, we have kind of a, um, how I want to say, uh, a couple of things. One is we have very competitive pay um, in the whole industry. Um, if you're going to, if you're working as a tutor for like a Sylvan or Kumar or Mathnasium or one of the big box centers, uh, you're only roughly getting paid up to about $20 an hour, maybe, maybe $22. Um, and, and that's if you've been there in the organization for many, many years um, at the center. Uh, centers and some of those centers only pay up to you know between eight and twelve dollars an hour um, as a tutor. So, in ink tutoring, um, coming on board upon uh, our organization, the average uh, rate uh, that we pay our our tutor consultants is between if they're in high school or they're an intern. We pay our high schoolers and interns twenty dollars an hour. That's the high school level. <laughs> and of course, you know, minimum wage nowadays is what between seven and ten, depending on what you're doing. And right. we pay almost two, two and a half times that even at high school level. Um after high school, um it would you would get paid between twenty three and thirty dollars an hour. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty three and thirty five an hour um on our team for tutoring. So one is a very good um uh, competitive pay for the market. Two mm -hmm. would be um, the content that we have, uh, we use you know, quite a bit of online books, online material. We also, if they're doing test prep, we provide all the books for them for that, and we'll pay for all the books for that. We, once they're hired upon our organ in our in our organization, we train them as well. So we have that down to a science now. So once you are, are onboarded, regional managers will train you instead of a couple hours aside for. Uh, a couple of new hires to get trained on what we do in our processes for ink tutoring, how we're successful, what we do, what do the consultations look like, what do the sessions look like, how do we do test prep, like all that, all that stuff that we do in our organization internally, they get trained on. Um, we have different type of, you know, mixers. We're about to have a, uh, I guess it'll be a spring mixer here coming up pretty soon in March. Uh, um, and we all come together, have fun. You know, we um, get a chance to get, you know, to see one another because not everybody sees each other. So the organization is getting kind of big now. Um, you know, we pay for all that. Uh, if they are getting business cards, we, we pay for the business cards after they've been in the organization a certain amount of time. Um, and uh, we just make ensure that they, they really have a good time and are able to have fun with students. And, of course, 
they make a great impact, right? They get a good community impact uh, with what they do on our team. So it all kind of comes back twofold to them or threefold to them with experience, and they get a great uh, monetary and financial benefit from it in the back end. Okay. So, so, um, and, and this will be kind of, I just, I just want your thoughts on this because this is just kind of, I, I like what you're doing. <clears throat> and and mm-hmm. I, I want to see if my gut, you know, <laughs> like your experience of what I'm saying, because um, there's all these people that are freaking out about computers taking your jobs, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and but what I what what I know, and as an investor, like I study these businesses, and I look at it, and and I have a business, and so I'm like, yeah, but I think the bigger problem is not necessarily computers taking our jobs in the next. 50 years, I think a lot, and, and, and you combine that with the the wealth gap and uh, the jobs that are being lost. And I think, I think it's the, the, the bigger thing is just people aren't equipped to work in the 21st century, meaning every business has to be computerized. And I'm using computerized as an oversimplified term for brought up to date. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's just not enough people yeah. to there's not enough people to do that right now. You, we have, every industry has to get computerized, and there's not nearly enough programmers who can do it. Um, is that something that you, am I am I am I in the same am I in the right ballpark of my thinking? Is that something that you see agree with? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I think that uh, right now in this day and age, you have you're fighting a couple of things, right? You you have scenarios where um, there's you know. Uh, automatic self-driving vehicles, right? Uh, when you're looking at Tesla, when you're looking at other types of brands of cars, right? But some of them, those particular scenarios where you would think that um, self-driving cars may be totally the way to go at some point, uh, there's still some, some error that occurs with that and you still need human interaction um, in order to make a total successful um, self-driving car uh, that would do certain things that a human would do, right? So you still got to have some AI and machine learning uh, things that can uh, take over those particular uh, uh, roles through several research-based practices um, and actual road road tests, right? Um, so you can't necessarily uh, overtake uh, the human interaction at that point all the way, but I think that we're getting there. We're getting there, right? Um, in terms of people, uh, people's jobs, you have Walmart. There's, you know, self, uh, self-checking self lanes um, there and other places in the, in the retail industry like Target, uh, Kroger, Tom Thumb, all that kind of, kind of stuff in the grocery store. So I think over time, um, we may be in a position where it could be maybe a 60-40, it could be a 70-30 percentage scenario where uh, computers or, uh, or computer processes may take over, you know, the kind of human jobs that are of today in this industry. But I think by, you know, the year 2029, 10 years from now, or 2030, uh, we'll really see, you know, maybe flying, you know, flying cars possibly at some point down the line, right? Um, you know, there's, there's just different things that I think that can be, uh, can be seen, uh, where, uh, computers would be, uh, part of the process of taking over jobs. But I don't think that it's going to fully be a scenario where humans are obsolete. I think that you're still going to need the mind of a human to program, right? 
or control what the systems and computers are doing. You know, one thing in education we always tell students is you're only, the calculator is only as smart as you, right? right? You're the right. one that, that tells the, the calculator what to do, right? So it's going to tell you, if you push nine times six and it says 54, then you're the one that told it to do that. But if you say nine times five equals, uh, you know, uh, 45, but you meant to say nine times six, well, that's human error, right? The computer only did what you told it to do. So um, you can't really blame uh, the computer because the person that actually is operating the computer is the one that does it, right? And everything that, that we do by computer, the computer doesn't know anything. The car, the self-driving car doesn't know anything. The register doesn't know anything. The, the human is the one that programs automated systems, whether it be scripts that are used uh, to run um, processes within tech and IT, whether it be uh, databases that are programmed, whether it be, um, you know, uh, networks and servers and systems and things of that nature and programs that are done by programmers or even movies that happen to be, uh, um, uh, what I want to say, renderings, right? When you're talking about, um, you know, DreamWorks type of movies, right? Mm -hmm. Animation. All that stuff is still programmed by a human. And if the human is the one that makes an error, well, guess what? The consumer is the one that suffers on the other end by either a failed process, a failed system. You know, a car gets into an accident because somebody programmed the wrong one or zero. Uh, the audit, the uh, rendering and the, um, you know, uh, the animation doesn't work correctly because you didn't program it right. So twofold, man. I think it's, it'll get there, you know, slowly. But you can't fully replace the human because the human's the one that programs. And 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 so you're hitting you're hitting the nail on the head of of of, of what I'm saying because basically and we're saying kind of the same thing. I'm I'm basically saying people are over worried about it. Um, um, but what I love about what you're doing and you know specifically like your mission is you're you're helping to, um, I believe increase the pay of people that are going to live on this earth, right? Because A, jobs aren't going away, but B, the higher <laughs> paid are the ones that are teaching people how to, how to get the computer, how to, you know, how to speak computer language and how to get the computers to redo the economy, which is what you're basically saying. Like, like, let me give you like one specific idea. Like, I give you like my business, for example, and this is like, right. so I've been doing this for 12 years, <clears throat> you know, um, mm -hmm. 12 years ago when I started the thought of robo advisors, or it, it was not even a thought, you know? And then when it mm -hmm. came when it came to, I guess it was a thought, but we didn't know about it. Unless you were like a <laughs> computer, you know, computer person, you didn't know, but it became a quote unquote threat seven years ago, five years ago. And everybody really been afraid in the last three years. But but since I'm, you know, you know, younger, I kind of got into it and was like, hey, you know what? It's actually, it's actually not a threat. Uh, because, like you just said, people are going to always want a human perspective, right? And then if you, right. and then if you learn, I did a little. I can't really code, but I got into. I can understand how things work. You know, it's kind of like if you're, if you know, I'm not a mechanic, but I can change the oil, change the tires, and do all that kind of stuff. You know, so I got into it, and I was like, hey man, I actually integrated it into what I do in my business. I have a, a very automated investment process, very automated marketing process, and. I, in, in a long way, I'm saying I embrace computers to communicate and run my right. business. And and I, but I, in ten years ago, where I thought I would need ten employees to run my business the way I want to run it, I still need mm -hmm. ten employees, but they're going to do different things, right? So my ten employees now is the cameraman, 
You know what I'm saying? The, <laughs> right. but, but for real, how, 10 years ago, who thought we can create our own media company in our business? You know, but so, so it changes, uh, um, but embracing technology and learning will help you keep pace with that change. I, I know that was a long way of us saying the same thing. Oh, no, for sure. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, um, of course, of course. But my, but my follow-up question was, my follow-up question on that and what got me off track was when you talked about STEM, research, mathematics, and all that, what, what I was really going to ask for, I went off track, was um, um, uh, how, how, what are the, like, top applications of, of, of STEM training for, like, jobs? And I, I didn't ask that correctly. Um, <laughs> so it, 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 let, me, let me give, like, in a real example. So if you're sitting with an 18-year-old and you're tutoring him and he's saying, all right, I'm better at math, you know, um, what job should I go into when I graduate that's going to, you know, use these skills and get me paid? What are those jobs you're seeing? Oh, okay. I got you. So kind of what is the, what are the top 10, 10 STEM jobs or careers that students should be going to, you know, maybe um, in the next 10 years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Or at least be thinking about exploring, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would say, I would say definitely um, those that are in in IT or tech. I would say being a um, computer engineer uh, is definitely one of the top ones. Um, I would say somebody that is um, also doing things with uh, green green energy because uh, people are always talking about saving energy. Um, you know, not wasting paper and things of that nature um, are also one of those jobs. Being a physician assistant, a PA, all right, or a doc um, is definitely one of those particular jobs that they would go into in STEM, being a nurse, um, being a statistician, um, or somebody that is in uh, that field in statistics is also a uh, job that they will be, they will be going into soft development, software development. Um, would be one of those particular jobs. I would say um, also um, even being an entrepreneur in that particular field in STEM um, is one of those particular jobs, right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. In addition to that, uh, the other jobs that you'll see are uh, working with, with, with drones, right? Um, you see a lot of drones nowadays, like almost in everything, right? When you're looking at videos, when you're looking at uh, movies, when you're looking at all kinds of things uh, that involve more video, um, drones are able to capture those particular things. Um, anything with AI machine learning uh, or artificial intelligence uh, is going to be part of those. Secure, cyber security is always going to be kind of an up-and-coming uh, field in STEM. Um, being a scientist uh, with sustainable and renewable energy um, is, is part of that as well. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different um, things that our students now can get into that they don't necessarily have to be afraid to learn, um, but they can have fun with those particular jobs and those particular fields as well while they're trying to learn the content. Um, it's about applicable practice uh, and putting those skills to work in the real world to solve real problems uh, versus them just having a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of in the classroom type of scenarios one thing I'm learning as an entrepreneur is that even though I have two degrees, um, I still think that I still learn 
a whole lot more as an entrepreneur in the in the practice of being an entrepreneur than I did when I was in class. <laughs> so I'm a big proponent of education. You know what I'm saying? But if you asked me this question 10 years ago, I'd have been like, yo, you have to get your two degrees. Like you have to get your master's, <laughs> your PhD and all that. But if I look back at myself now going forward, I'm like, well, um, I still love education. I'm a big proponent. So I'm not going to take that away from anybody, but I, I can now say, there are a lot of skills and things you can do without the degrees. You just have to be uh, ambitious enough to go get the to go get the knowledge and be hungry enough uh, to build your own path and be successful and sustainable while doing it for you to be successful. So it's kind of twofold now. Hey man, we 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 are we are kindred spirits on that because you know, and I'm probably about to expose something that I only talk to folks about when we. Or drinking crown in the in the in the uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, how, you know how it's it's some conversation that you don't put on social media because folks will think you're super crazy, you know. So it's some right. you know, in the in the garage with your homies when you're drinking crown. But no, that's that's yeah. one of my big deals, man. I think I think um I think education is super important. I just think the the system, the current system, needs to kind of be quote unquote blown up and rebuilt because it was built a hundred years ago for a different type of of, of, of economy right you know right. you know for example when i was trying to learn how to code it, it wasn't for lack of information like i literally bro i spent like i probably on like a friday got obsessed with it because i was trying to figure out something and man i looked up and it was sunday afternoon at two o'clock and i literally i don't i don't remember seeing my wife my son like i don't i don't remember sleeping you know what i'm saying <laughs> But I like got in the weeds of it and I did a little bit, you know, I did a little bit. I programmed a little bit of something, but then I ended up just like still in some already created program and tweaking it the way I wanted to tweak it to do this investing back test I wanted to do. But 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 mm -hmm. but to your point, we now live in a world where like whatever problem you have to solve that's super important to you right now, like you can you can learn it for free, like if you're willing to put in the time and effort to do it. And then if you want to pay a little bit of money, there's all kind of courses you can learn. Um, to get up, mm -hmm. but I, but I think the school system is the school system is still set up to have people trained to memorize stuff. And you're like, bro, like in the world of Google, who cares like who the 45th president is? I can I just say, like, hey, hey Google, who is the 45th president of the United States of America? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. President of the United States. Oh, I asked for the wrong president. That's Donald Trump. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Uh, but, but you know what I mean? I mean, so, so it needs to be redone. So I'm going to switch gears. Do, do you see, since you deal with schools a lot, do you see any schools that are kind of doing it the right way, you know, training kids to learn how to learn, you know, or facilitating the process? Um, I think that, uh, you know, two different type of models of schools do that. Um, one would be um, obviously where I graduated from. And it's not even just because it's where I graduated from. It's because they're really doing education the right way. Um, Townview Science Engineering and Townview Talented and Gifted High Schools in Dallas are consistently in um, the top five and top 10 schools in the United States every year. Like literally since I want to say it was 2007 or eight, those two high schools have been in the top 10 every single year in the U.S. News World Report. Um, and it's because one, they have a very rigorous program. You know, like I told you before in the beginning of the call, um, we, you know, that I was tasked with teaching freshmen three years of high school math, 
pre-APMAP in one year, right? So they become mm-hmm. sophomores and take AP calculus as sophomores, where normally you take AP calculus as a senior. So they have a far advanced um, curriculum of understanding before people would normally do it. Now, me particularly, you know, I was a freshman early. Uh, I was a freshman at 12, um, and I graduated when I was 16 in high school. So I was a little bit of a different uh, – I was cut from a different cloth when it comes to being younger um, and be having to mature myself a little younger in education. But um, I think that schools that have those particular things down are magnet schools that have um, – the strategic and specific curriculums to different things, right? Like if you want to do, you want to be a cosmetologist and you want to do hair and makeup, right? Then you're going to go to a specific magnet program that does that, right? Like, and you, you train to do it. You have applications to do those particular things. You know, you have uh, fake, you know, head models in order for you to practice on, like all those things you do uh, in magnet programs to do that particular uh, job when you get out or become that kind of entrepreneur. If you want to be a nurse, then you go to the health school, health professions within Townview. If you want to be, you know, an engineer, you go to SEM. If you want to do education, you go to the education and social services magnet. I mean, all those type of things in magnet school programming offer not only uh, content and, and uh, uh, content delivery and programming for that particular role and job, but they also offer <clears throat> practice outside of the classroom um, while you're in school, or they offer certification programs for you to, uh, for certificates for you to get while you're in through dual credit with um, community colleges as well, right? So the dual credit programs that are in schools are also ways for those kids to uh, get experience. Now, when you go from the magnet school program to the charter school program, Charter schools work a little bit differently than magnet schools, right? They, you know, you have both Title I fundings can be part of those entities. However, uh, charter school systems have cert- certain regimented processes of how they do things with students, whether it be in the elementary level or the middle school level or the high school level. They normally wear uniforms. Um, there's, you know, definite uh, uh, vertical alignment from middle school to high school, from elementary school to middle school of how their teaching practices are built. So they get trained on a mindset in charter school systems to go to college, be 100% college ready. Uh, Everybody goes to a four-year college or a two-year college, and that's the end goal, right? So um, those two types of programs, I think, are great. Um, Private school is cool, too, but I think private school only does so much um, when you have small, small classrooms. Um, smaller uh, teacher-student ratios, that's kind of what you're paying for. But in our organization, in tutoring, in the tutoring industry, um, we still have to train up the private school students too, um, to even where the public school students are. It's just that they got a, an advantage in having a smaller ratio so they can learn better and possibly quicker, but they're not necessarily any better than um, some of the public schools. Do, do, do you ever see a business opportunity, just an opportunity in general to maybe fill in the gap for parents who are doing more homeschool? You know, meaning a lot of parents are saying, man, I probably can get my kid trained for what they need to be in three or four hours a day uh, and, and have them graduate ahead of everybody because we're, we're using programs that ink tutoring, you know, taught us to get our kids ready. Do you I mean, do you, do you see 
people doing that? And is, is that a huge opportunity that nobody's really jumped on yet? Um, actually, um, it's funny you say that because <laughs> um, we literally just got put into a book that just came out on Amazon um, about a good uh, two weeks ago, a woman named Haley Schlitz. Um, she just put out a book called The Homeschool Alternative that encourages black families to adopt a homeschool mindset for education of kids. And Ink Tutoring was put in that book as a resource. Mm. Um, so here's the thing on that. I believe uh, right now there is a market and opportunity to really say, hey, um, you pull your kids out of the public school or the private school or the magnet school system and you homeschool them because not only can you get a curriculum for homeschool, but um, you can normally teach them quicker content that needs to be covered through the course of nine months, right? I think that, you know, for me, when I did that, class, that course at Townview, with, uh, I taught that particular class was a whole year of geometry and a regular academic year, but the whole year of algebra two and the whole year of pre-cal was taught in only one semester, right? So you could take that content and squeeze it in a little bit, uh, go a little bit faster, and be able to tutor, tutor teach that student the whole way through. You know, I got a, a client right now who uh, I do virtually and I go to their home sometimes over in the colony and she's uh, at a homeschool, um, but does homeschool online. Right. So for that, you know, I'm brought in to kind of fill in those gaps that she had when she was going to public school and be able to teach her all the content that she needs to know uh, for the online um, on, the, on the online school. So uh, it's one of those scenarios where, there's a huge market. I find that ink tutoring will be able to continue um, to bridge those gaps between what they don't know and what they uh, will learn in homeschool. We do, we have a couple of homeschool clients, but it's not the bulk of where our clientele come from. But like you said before, I think it's something that somewhere, something that we need to be running towards in 2019 and 20 of really um, taking in a lot more homeschool clientele and filling in all those gaps so uh, we can continue to accelerate students because our goal is really to bring students in either where they're at or we uh, accelerate them so they become, you know, five, six, seven, eight weeks ahead of their classes in school. And that's kind of how they come out of, a, out of our organization. Yeah, man, because I, 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 um, I, um, you know, and I'm I'm haven't thought much about it, and I'm not educated about it. But I just I just think, man, that's that that's the some sort of public private partnership where you allow um, people to kind of have some sort of choice with their tax dollars. I think it'll help the poor, right? Because I mean, you think of and I don't want to pick on any ISDs, but let's just say every ISD of every big city pretty much sucks because of the bureaucracy and corruption that comes when you have centralized power. But you think about the, mm -hmm. think about the, the, the tax dollars that are there. I mean, there, there's enough money. And I'm like, man, you infuse technology, you know, in that system, it'll lower the cost. You in, infuse competition, it lowers the cost. And then you have better quality, um, uh, better quality education for poor kids and kids with money. You know, um, absolutely. I just, you know, a politically that'll be almost next to impossible to do in a short time frame. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Well, it's called being equitable, right? We want to make sure everybody gets a equal and fair oppor- uh, opportunity to learn um, and get a quality education. So I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, know, I know we got off topic, but I, I, that, that's your background <laughs> expertise. So I was like, man, let me, let me talk to Jay and see if I'm, I'm thinking in the same ballpark, man. So um, um, one last business question. I'm going to go into my, my five question, um, you know, lightning round. But um, so, you, okay. so, you grew, so you grew relatively quick. In five years, you got 47 consultants nationwide. You're building a good business. You're, what, you're in the Goldman Sachs. Uh, local program for super business owners, or I forget what the name of the program. What's the name of the program? It's uh, the Goldman Sachs Ten Thousand Small Businesses uh, Elite Program for the for uh, small business owners to uh, be a part of with the Babson College curriculum. Yeah, yeah, and, and and every and every single like I feel like every week I'm seeing you in different you know awards magazines. I'm 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 just waiting for you. Were you probably were you in Black Europe <laughs> or not? No. I was. I, okay. I was in Black Enterprise a couple of times, and then I actually ended up getting recruited. So I'm also a uh, contributing writer uh, for Black mm-hmm. Enterprise currently. I actually go to a conference for the Women of Power Summit next weekend in Vegas. You got, got it. So, so, and I, so I'm saying I think you're at the at the forefront of what, what do you call it? Black edu, uh, Black edu tech or tech, and you're not really quote unquote tech, but I see you're at the forefront of the new wave of innovation for, for, for education. So, um, right. so as, as far as, um, you know, what you've done to a, like, I got two questions. The first one is how did you like, what have you done to get to, to grow so fast and be so forward thinking? That's the first question. I'm going to ask the second question after you answer that. So, okay. So, um, I think one thing is kind of funny, um, and I, I never kind of thought that we were going to kind of move this quick within within the past year. It was more about, you know, getting with the team and saying, y'all, look, how do we build the most capable, the most intellectual, um, most, uh, you know, spirited, and uh, the most qualified tutoring group like ever to hit BFW in the Southern United States. Like, how do we do this, right? And it was the answer, and part of that answer was the fact that there were some things that we messed up on. You know, I think it's always a good thing to say, you know, hey, there's great businesses, but the real question is, you know, the magic is always in the gray, not in the black and white, right? Um, I think there's places where we messed up on when it comes to operations, when it comes to um, how do we how do we go about our you know our revenue structure? Um, how does it need to be built? How does our team need to be built? All those things um, I kind of figured out, uh, you know, as we operated you know operated in the in the early stages that there's some things that are not working and some things do work. So figuring out what doesn't work and getting rid of that process and be able to align yourself with everybody that wants to get on the same bus as you and go the same direction. So building a team um, that I have now is a very well oiled machine of phenomenal people, you know, shout out to the Gloria Clinton, uh, Laurentius and Summer out there who are my leads um, and regional managers and also, um, um, you know, Angel out there in Chicago. We have very strategic people placed 
in these roles who know what they're doing and want to actually see the company grow, right? So that part is uh, one part uh, that I would say contributed to growing in a quick manner and then also changing our revenue structure. We originally were in a scenario where we paid out uh, consultants on um, 65% or 55% of the hourly rates. <clears throat> and then we, on the back end, the business got back 35% or 45%. Um, although it was profitable, the line of profitability was more flat, right? So in October of last year, we were like, mm, something needs to change for us to get in a 60% profit margin range. So what do we need to do? And so we decided to go and, and change our structure to just go pay, pay out by hourly rates, by um, uh, experience level, right? And that actually had our, our line look more, look more towards the vertical side, right? It's more steep than more flat when it comes to mathematic terms, right? So that let us grow. And, you know, from being an organization uh, that was, you know, was uh, still profitable, allowed us to, in a year and a half, we're talking about earned revenue, right, obviously, um, but uh, earned revenue, we got to uh, about a quarter of a million dollars in a year and a half in earned revenue. And so when you have, a team that believes in the vision and the mission and knows the impact of what the organization stands for and how many people they can impact from an education perspective, you get um, to hire the right people who want to get on the right bus with you. Um, and that's part of the way that we've grown so fast. We've had a lot of great results. We have a 95% success rate of our students earning A's and B's in over 48 content areas, which blows away any tutoring company in this area and even in this region. Um, we have uh, folks that um, talk about our organization all the time and we're referred um, quite a bit. Our reviews on social media are all five-star. We don't even have a four-star. It's not even, you can't even find one. So um, when you have the right folks doing the right things for the right reasons, you end up growing, you know? And, and, and so second follow-up question on that is, are you, are, you, are you thinking about taking on investors? Have you taken on investors? I mean, for, for, for scale, because uh, uh, you sound like you got a good program, you got a focused market, great team. I think um, what we're trying to do is be in a scenario where we can now separate the um, – the physical component of tutoring and we do online as well so we do virtual we do three modalities of tutoring we either go to people's homes we meet at a location of choice or we do or we do virtually online um so we can still reach anybody in any city state or country via you know skype google hangout or something like that but um the way that we are we found um to scale that we really need <clears throat> is a learning management system in order for us to really reach the uh, the students that we want to in the in the right aspect, right? We need some machine learning, some artificial intelligence in there, and there's other things that we thought about to have our own proprietary system um, to scale. However, what we found out was while talking to other uh, investor types is that our program is very unique, and the way we tutor is very unique. There is nobody that actually comes in, you know, they do a consultation, they get to know the parents and the students, 
they, um, you know, we, we, we run a, a series of questions that are, are 22 questions that are really based to get to know everybody. We are holistic in nature, so we include parents, teachers, counselors, students, and our team to make sure that everybody's on one page educationally. We mentor all of our students and we provide support. So our, our, our way of tutoring is bar none the best a lot of these investor types I've ever seen. However, what they stated was that maybe you don't necessarily need to go the tech route um, with the learning management system. What you need to do is, is license out your model of how y'all do tutoring to other tutors in schools. So I think that may be where we need to go. Uh, with what we're doing from an investor perspective. But, hey, if anybody's listening and they uh, are looking to, to invest in an organization like ours, we are looking for people who um, do want to invest in our company um, from a tech, an ed tech perspective because we know if we get those solutions done with either the licensing scenario or the learning management system that will be, uh, that would be subscription-based, um, and we would include a lot of different components within that system to take the organization to a new level. We definitely would be willing to give up some sort of equity, but we know that um, the business would be super profitable and it would be a benefit to the investor and our company if they were able to help us out with one of those two uh, uh, avenues of EdTech. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and I give my disclaimer. This is, this is not meant to be investment advice. I'm not recommending any investments. Uh, of course, all that, all that, but no, but no. The re- reason why I ask, and it's funny, I could tell, I could tell you, uh, you're 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 a tech guy because I'm I, I I do tech, but I'm definitely like not a tech investor. Tech tech investors to me make no sense. I don't understand how you invest in companies, <laughs> no cash flow and ideas. I'm like, bro, this is Texas. Like, we need cash flow, we need, profit, <laughs> we need revenue. I don't I don't care if it's tech or no tech. I'll invest in a good barbershop or a good hair spot if it's making some money and the numbers look right. So it's funny because, you know, I was asking about investors and then, and then, uh, and then your mom went straight tech. But I was like, I was like, with your business, I wasn't even thinking about tech. I was just thinking you're kind of a lower, um, you know, a lower, a lower, you, a lower cost Sylvan learning center. You know what I'm saying? Meaning, meaning right. you, you use text to deliver your services, but the tech, right. the value, the, 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 the value is the process. The value is the result, right. you know, and so exactly that's, that, that, that's why I asked, you know, because I can. And, that's, I, and that go ahead. I, I was going to say, and that's what, I was going to say, and that's what everybody says, right? The reason why tutoring became as valuable as it is, is because of how we do what we do in our process. And like you said, um, the results mixed with the process have been the best benefit to ever hit this market and that's why we grow so fast um you mentioned earlier about people um and believe it or not as much as many people are in our are in our inbox to be a client of the organization there are almost an equal amount of people who want to work for our company which is totally crazy to me Mm -hmm. i'm like I never thought I'd build a company where people would love to work for us. And we have, I mean, I got somebody yesterday. I was like, man, I, I just want to be part of what y'all are doing. Like put me down somehow. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to see that, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, and it's one where I was talking to another guy. I'm gonna have him on the podcast too. And he was talking about he was getting my thoughts because he wants to set up a uh, you know private equity venture capital type fund, and he was getting my thoughts on investing and what he needs to look for and deals. And I was just like, I was like, man, look. I said everybody's going tech. Tech is expensive. I was like, nobody's mm-hmm. going. Nobody's building services businesses. And services businesses are not going anywhere. So as a and as a value investor, I look for this type of stuff. I'm like, what are the unappreciated, unloved businesses? I'm like, service businesses. Human services, yeah. Yeah, humans are humans. We're always going to be humans. You're never going to have a human replace every aspect of what we do. And you kind of said that. So I'm just like, man, there's a whole lot of service businesses that haven't got much money that 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 can get a ton of money if you have a good team, right? And so, um, you know. and you know why, bro? You know why? Service businesses are hard. People don't understand that. They are hard as hell to build and build right. The only reason why, you know, most service businesses either do well, and especially Black-owned service businesses either do well or they don't, is because they don't have the right people, they don't have the right processes, or they just didn't take time to really set everything up and have um, that right strategy. Um, but I'm gonna be upfront and honest. It's hard to build a business that service based and make it and make it hit, at least hit six figures <laughs> continuously. Right. right. Yeah. It's but, hard. It's tough. But you, but you don't know. You get you get good people and you get a good process. It's kind of like sports, man. Nick Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, uh, uh, Greg Popovich. You know, for, I mean, that's the service business. There's no tech involved in sports. You know what I'm saying? But they're consistent. Right. They're consistent championship teams because they get the right people and they get the right process in place and they put the people in the process and it works. Like business is the same way. You know what I'm saying? Business is the same way. It ain't easy, but if you can get it, you know, Netflix is built that way. Most people don't realize Netflix's um, magic is not in the tech. Netflix and magic is they got um, Reed Hastings recruited amazing people. Uh, have you listened to him? Like listen, listen to his culture, and they don't like they almost have no processes, you know, no like, like automate this out. He's like, hey, look, I get the right people, I let them do their deal, and my goal is to uh, go a whole quarter without making any decision because I got the right people, and he gives them rain to just do what they need to. And I'm like, man, and and you know, I'm not saying they have no, they have a process, but I'm saying, you know how everybody wants to dummy proof their business. You know, he, he's, right. not, he's, not he's like, I don't, I mean, you know, you, you, if you dummy proof it, you get dummies. I want smart people. So right. anyway, man, Absolutely. Let's, let's do the last five questions and I'll let you get out of here. Cause I know, I, I know uh, we got a little late start. So here's the last five. If you could travel in time and tell your 22 year old self one thing, what would that be? Um, hmm. I would say, to start ink tutoring a little earlier uh, because I could have made a bigger impact um, and not only been, you know, been even more profitable by then, but I could have really been able to be a younger uh, individual who uh, was able to change the game in education and ensure that um, students really have an organization that they can go to, not only as a educational entity, but they can come to us to, <clears throat> to understand you know, the college processes, you know, how to, you know, you know, do things financially um, and not make those bad decisions. We're able to coach them and mentor them early um, 
and were able to make that change and impact a little earlier. So I would just say starting the company a little earlier for sure. Got it. All right. Second question. What are your top three favorite brands? And it can be any brand, like, what, you know, whatever. What are your top three favorite brands? Um, I would say one of them is Express because I'm a brand ambassador for Express too. <laughs> um, my other, my next one would be Zara. Um, I definitely love Zara. Um, I love the car Lexus. Uh, so Lexus would be uh, another a third brand. Um, my fourth brand would be Adidas, just because uh, I love what the brand stands for, and I love um, I love the gear um, that they that they have. And then I would say my fifth brand would probably be um, a tie between. Um, hmm, actually, no, no, no. I think my fifth brand will be definitely be Samsung um, because I I I definitely love uh, devices that um, you're able to to, to tweak. Right. Um, it's an, an open OS and you can you can actually customize Android and customize uh, those particular the system, the Android system that runs on the Samsung phones. Um, you can customize, I guess it'd be Samsung slash Android, I guess would be my, yeah, my uh, fist a tie for the brand, if you will. <laughs> so you're not so you're not team team Apple, you're you're, you're team Google. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Have hundred percent. I had both at one point in time and I, I couldn't do it. I had to, I had to let it, let it go. And currently I have a Samsung note nine, which I'm talking to you on and I also have a Samsung note eight. Um, so gotta be, t- gotta be team Android, man. Got it. Got it. What, what do you watch? <laughs> what do you watch, read or listen to, to get your news and information? Um, currently, um, I actually, uh, re- I would say I'll watch um, things that some things that happen on social media. I don't really pay attention to a lot of that now because it's a lot of negativity and a lot of things that are going on that are bad right now. But um, I I have a thing on my phone that's called so if you're on a Google platform, you have you go to Google like you just go to Google.com. It pops up as cards. They're cards that tell you all the news from all the, all the topics that you just choose of interest for you. Mm-hmm. I look at that every day to really tell me kind of what goes on and what's happening. Um, outside of that, um, as far as reading is concerned, um, I don't say read for news. I read more so for content like, um, uh, uh, you know, Timothy Ferris's book about mentors, right? I, I listen to, or I look at, um, you know, Gary Vee's crushing it. Like those kind of books I look to for content about entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, but I look at YouTube um, as well for motivational type of things. So I guess it's kind of a combination of all of those, but I don't necessarily look at news like that anymore because it doesn't, there's not enough positive content for me to really look at the news anymore. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'd rather fulfill my brain with more positive entities like, you know, entrepreneurship type things, business type things, or, you know, what's going on in the realm of, of uh, the industries. Got it. I like, I like it. I love those Google, Google news things too. I use that. I look at that too. What do you watch for entertainment? Uh, what do I watch for entertainment? Uh, movies. <laughs> um, I watch movies for entertainment. I do like it. I do uh, look at Netflix. Um, um, and, 
and I do every now and then I get a chance. I love basketball. I don't like football, but I do like basketball. So um, when I get a chance to watch some every now and then, I, I like watching basketball. But uh, other than those three things, man, I like to watch nature. I would say not necessarily nature, but I like to watch um, the scene, right? I like to travel. So when I'm out in different cities and different countries, like when I was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, um, I just like to see different environments and the kind of people that are in them. So I'd say that. Got it. And, and you already, t- question five, you already answered two good books. What are, what are top, what are the top three books you've read? So you mentioned Tribe of Mentors, Crushing It. What are a couple other good books that you, you recommend folks read or that you've just enjoyed yourself? Um, hmm. I would say I actually just got a couple of, of new ones. Um, if you give me a second, I, I want to say I have them uh, in here uh, where I'm at right now. Um, there are two new, two new books that I just got wind of uh, recently, and um, they do offer a lot of great insight and a lot of great content. Um, one of those particular books, I would say, is Creating Signature Stories um, it's by David, David Aker. Um, and it talks about um, really the power of messaging and communicating strategic messaging through telling stories. So that's one of them. And I, the reason why I have that book is because um, I don't know if anybody uh, – anybody, Whoever listening to this podcast, um, I'm also a TEDx speaker. I actually do a TEDx talk um, uh, in April 6th in New York, upstate New York, and I did one in Dallas um, last year. And so I like to tell stories um, and really get content through storytelling. And then another one called Just Change, uh, who one of my colleagues uh, from uh, Big Thought, uh, a nonprofit organization, actually wrote about how to collaborate for lasting impact. So those are other couple of other books that um, I really like to uh, would get out there as well as another book I'd say called Journey to Greatness by another one of my colleagues who talks about thought leaders who share their best stories um, in their life. So all those um, are also good, good books to read. Okay, cool. No, no, appreciate that, man. Well, I, I definitely appreciate your time. Uh, uh, I learned a whole lot, and um, I'm ex- I really am excited about what you're doing. Hey, also, also out there, just so everybody knows, including including Matt Houston, when you listen to this, uh, Jay Ville is a, <laughs> a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. We are achieving. That's what, that's what we do. Of course, of course, man. Hey, and if anybody out there, you know, wants to reach me. Um, I do have three different actual ways people can reach me. Um, at, if they're on social media on, on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, uh, Instagram is at Ink Tutoring um, or um, at the JVL brand um, or at a, I actually uh, started, helped co-found another brand that's part of beauty education at inkbeauty.co um, as well. Um, so, Anybody's out there that wants to communicate or collaborate or do some things on social, you can always find me under JVO, my name, or uh, under those three brands, but very specifically ink tutoring uh, as well. So, 
Appreciate you, man. And I will definitely link up your, your website. And matter of fact, if you, if you email me or message me, uh, all of those, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put those in the show notes too. Um, I want okay. to send to me so I can get it spelled right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Inktutoring.com. I'll definitely send it to you. All right. Thanks. Thanks.